All right. Here we go, guys, in three, two, one. Back here on Sports Medicine Weekly, Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to hear from the newest Chicago Bull, Jabari Parker, coming off a double ACL tear in the same knee. So we'll talk about how Jabari's getting through that and how he uh, plans to uh, take care of the uh, mental side of that as he joins the Chicago Bulls physical side as well. But Dr. Cole, we have our new Ask the Doctor segment, something we started uh, this year on our new series of Sports Medicine Weekly on on uh, 670 The Score, giving our listeners the opportunity to have uh, Dr. Cole address their specific sports injury issues. And again, you can go to our website. It's sportsmedicineweekly.com. You'll go on the right side, right below the picture of Dr. Cole and myself, and you can uh, hit the little link here, our Ask the Doctor. Submit your question here. Just hit that and put in your name and email and uh We'll see the good questions get answered by the good doctor. We've got one of our listeners on the line right now. It is Monica from Lockport, Illinois, joining us here on 670 The Score and Sports Medicine Weekly. And you've got a question, Monica, for Dr. Cole. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, doctor, for taking the time. Um, you know, my husband's been dealing with um, a strained piriformis muscle on and off for about a year now, and it's hard to get an accurate um I guess, uh, you know, a treatment plan so he can return to being um, active in golf and things like that. And I was wondering if you had any advice. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, it's a, a, a great question because it's often something that mirrors or mimics another problem such as, say, sciatica. So the, the, the problem that you're alluding to is called piriformis syndrome. And the other name is deep gluteal syndrome. Basically, it's pain in the buttock region or the gluteal region, but it also um, is something that's associated with pain that runs down the back of the buttocks down into the leg. And I think the big issue is making sure that he has the right diagnosis. So uh, it can happen from overuse. I see it in runners. Uh, it can be a tough one to actually diagnose because it's a very small muscle along the, the gluteal region or along the butt that can mimic, as I mentioned, sciatica, but it doesn't come from the back. It comes locally. So the first thing is getting a proper diagnosis, and that's you know really a, a, a competent sports medicine specialist who deals in this type of thing should be able to make the diagnosis. Um, it can include pain. It can, it can include numbness down going down the back. Uh, it gets worse with sitting. It can get worse with runners. Is he was he formerly a runner? Um, he did run a little bit. Um, yes, but he was never like a marathon. Yeah, has runner. any has anyone so told him what it's associated with? Any specific activity? Was there anything that you know that he was sort of say, "Hey, look, this kind of caused or related to this"? They saw perhaps maybe weightlifting, um, straining from squatting, but yeah. And does he complain of numbness going down the back of his leg? Yes, he does down to like the center of his calf. Okay, okay, interesting. And have they ever looked at his back? No, they haven't. All right, so that's the first thing. So when you, you know, Steve, it's all about, it's like being a detective, you know. So what he says, it goes down to his calf. And I would say that in general, that wouldn't be as common, but it can happen, okay? So I would say the first thing is make sure you've got the right diagnosis. And you might even consider seeing a spine or a a spine specialist or a physiatrist because, um, you know, first of all, x-rays, MRI, things like that of the gluteal region are generally going to be normal. But you really want to make sure that there's nothing that's being referred from the back like an L4-5 or a herniated Mm -hmm. disc, okay? Okay. So that's my first advice. And the next is that anti-inflammatories, you know, properly supervised by a physician, uh, stretching, physiotherapy are generally the mainstay of treating this condition. Surgery is rarely, if ever, needed. So if you hone in that this is really piriformis syndrome or this deep gluteal syndrome, then it's going to be physical therapy, physical therapy, 
activity modification, uh, maybe anti-inflammatories. Occasionally, they can do injections in this area, but you really want to make sure that it's not coming from the back. So I would say if this has been going on for some time, get it evaluated by a specialist. Think about a physiatrist. Steve, you have a question? Yeah, Dr. Cole, does the numbness scare you? Well, not not really because it's Scares usually most people. yeah it does. But you know the sciatic nerve, which is the nerve that runs down the you know down the the butt. The glute, I've had glute it before. I've had the sciatica. Yeah. yeah, so that can even be be a local phenomenon coming from the back, or it can be from this muscle belly that's very tight that crosses over the sciatic nerve, which gives these symptoms. Okay. So you really want to make sure that it's not you know the, the problem is it could be upstream from this coming from the back or downstream, but sciatica is is often you know a secondary problem that comes from something up in the back. But it's irritation of the nerve. But it's not going to maim you, not going to paralyze you. But it is it, it is a nerve pain. If that's what it is, is really uncomfortable. So I don't know if you ever had you know a back that's led to nerve pain. I've had it once before where I actually slipped on a step, fell on my back, and had a herniated disc. And it was one of the worst pains I had ever experienced. It was actually worse than a rib fracture that I had while water skiing. So it was super painful. And how was it treated? Uh, physical therapy. Okay. Yeah, no inje- I had no injections. I just, you know, anti-inflammatories and physical therapy, and it got better. But it took time, and it's really painful. But she mentioned that, you know, this has been going on more than a year. So I think it's time to probably get in to see someone, a specialist. And, um, you know, if you're in the, I know you're in Lockport. Is that, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So you can uh, spend, send us a note from sportsmedicineweekly.com from the website. And if you have no one locally, I'm happy to get you in to see someone at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush uh, to get it properly evaluated. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Monica, thanks so much for joining us on Sports Medicine Weekly. Thank you. All right. And Dr. Cole, I've got one here from a uh, another one of our listeners. And the, let me read this one off to you. Um, this person had a cartilage cell transplant. Being 25 years old, uh, this person says they are very active and says, my knee pain is from underneath the kneecap. My hopes were that this surgery would help with the chronic pain I have. It has not worked, and I am wondering what I can do to further reduce my pain. So a young person, cartilage abnormality, uh, supposedly that was treated with a cell transplant. So just, you know, this is one of those techniques that's very high level. It's been around since the late 1990s where when someone has loss of cartilage, it's almost like having icing on the cake that's missing, you know, a little spot that's missing of icing. Yeah. And the uh, cell transplant is where we actually go in, we through the camera, take a small sample of the patient's own cartilage and then grow it in a laboratory. How and long? then uh, it can take three to six weeks depending on the technique. There's a newer technique now for the same company called Vericell that has it, and they actually grow the cartilage on a membrane, a collagen membrane, and it comes back as sort of this three-dimensional patch that we literally lay inside the defect and graft it. Really? And, you know, I had done probably almost 500 cell transplants, you know, uh, over the years, and we still do it, and it's now the technique has gotten a lot better because it's no longer this liquid cells, but they actually grow it on a, on a, on a membrane, and then we implant it in a second surgery, an open surgery typically, or a small incision, and literally lay that graft in the defect to help it grow new cartilage. And, you know, the, the real challenge is, you know, what do you do with someone whose outcomes don't, you know, the outcome doesn't meet their expectations, they're dissatisfied, and they still have pain. And one of the challenges with dealing with cartilage problems is that at least 25% of them don't get relief from the treatment. So the first thing is all about managing expectations. And the next thing is say, look, you know, is the defect in the area behind the kneecap or do you have pain in the front of your knee for a separate reason? I can operate on someone's knee 
and they may not have any anterior knee pain to start, treat a problem on the inner or the outer side, and then they end up with anterior knee pain because it's usually a rehab issue. Their, their glutes are weak, their quads are weak, they don't have full range of motion. There's all kinds of things that lead to pain in the front of the knee. So this is one of those things that um, I know you went through a lot for, with this cell transplant. Um, I think, you know, certainly address it with your physician. Do your, the questions you want to ask yourself and your physician, are these the same symptoms you started out with? And that's what I would ask my patient. Say, look, when you first came to treatment, where was your pain located? And is this a new symptom? Uh, because that may have an entirely different explanation, have nothing to do with the cartilage problem. And then you have to ask, you know, what's been your response to therapy? Have injections been tried? Because there's lots of room for non-surgical treatment. And, you know, while an MRI can be helpful, it doesn't clarify why you're often having pain. And sometimes it requires a second-look scope to make sure the graft is actually incorporated and taken. But I would rarely ever do that before six months. And I don't know how far you are post-op, but these cell transplants can take 12, 18 months to actually get a good result. So those are some of the things I think about in a situation with a very complicated problem. Is that typical, Dr. Cole, the pain underneath the kneecap? You know, again, it starts out, where was the pain to begin with? What, Where was the defect treated? Because an individual doesn't necessarily know that, hey, look, if the car, the location of the defect actually matters. So I go back to what was treated initially, what were your symptoms that led to your treatment, and is this a new symptom or much of the same when you started? Because if you're, for example, if your cartilage defect was on the inner side of the knee, but you've always had pain behind your kneecap, you know, they may not line up right. and there may be something else contributing. So those are just things you got to think about. And it's not that common, but I see it, but I, I've certainly seen it many times. You're listening to Dr. Brian Cole. I'm Steve Cashel. Our show is Sports Medicine Weekly, coming your way each and every Saturday morning here on 670 The Score between 8 and 9 a.m. And we're doing our Ask the Doctor segment. Again, go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. And underneath our picture on the right side of the home page, you can see our Ask the Doctor link. Submit your question. And uh, we've got another one. Dr. Cole, a person uh, asking this question, uh, I think I might have a bone bruise. What is it and how is it managed? What is a bone bruise? Well, I think, you know, one of the, the, the number one cause is an incorrect diagnosis because the radiologists who read an MRI will often see fluid in the bone and they'll call it a bone bruise. And the patient say, well, look, I never had an injury. I understand how do I get a bruise without an injury? So the first thing is that bone bruises are typically picked up on MRI as fluid. And you have to ask how to, what, what started the symptoms. The most common cause of fluid in the bone is not actually a bruise, but rather uh, arthritis, where there's loss of cartilage and the load is being transmitted below the surface. And the way it gets picked up on MRI is by fluid. And the, and the radiologist will call it a bruise or a contusion when nothing ever happened that way. So the first thing is getting a, the correct diagnosis. If it's something that happens subtly over time, then you got an MRI, which is really the most common thing that happens. And the MRI shows this fluid. It's not a bruise, but it's overload. So how do you treat it? You reduce the load. And how do we reduce load? Well, we do strengthening. Uh, we reduce the symptoms typically if it is arthritic-related with injections and non-surgical treatment, oral anti-inflammatories, glucosamine, chondroitin sulfate, which is a nutritional supplement. Um, physical therapy can be very helpful. As I mentioned, various types of injections like cortisone or a lubricant injections, sometimes even platelet-rich plasma, all things we can do to reduce the symptoms of arthritis. Now, flip side is I've, you know, uh, we've, I've had some you know, high-level athletes um, I'll go back since he's retired now, Yao Ming, uh, I saw, who had a hyperextension injury to his knee, all in the media. I'm not saying anything that, that no one sure. knows about. And uh, he had a bone bruise, and that was an acute or sudden event where he hyperextended his knee, got an MRI. Non-contact. No, non-contact, but he, he, he literally hyperextended. In other okay. words, heel extended, yep. jammed his heel on the ground, has pain, gets an MRI, and that's a bone bruise. That shows fluid 
right near where the knee would contact, where you'd have the tibia contact the femur, and they get a change on the MRI, and that's a bone bruise. Because I'm thinking, and I think most people, most of our listeners, I'm betting, think that a bone bruise is, all right, I slam my elbow on the wall around this concrete, right. you know, and, right. and my bone gets bruised. That's, that's what another I'm way. Yeah, of. that's an, right. So because I but see it so But is that an much, accurate, I mean, yeah, if someone bangs their knee or bangs their elbow or bangs, you know, a knuckle, right. and there's bone there, that's correct. That would, so in this case, it's a bone hitting a bone causing a bruise. What yeah. you're talking about is also extraordinarily common, which is where you just, you know, you you, you hit a dresser, you hit a wall, yeah. you, know, you hit the ground hard, you, you get in a car accident. Those are all things that can cause bone bruises too. But, you know, to be quite frank, the most common cause is when the MRI reading caused it a bruise when it was never a bruise to begin with, just, wow. you know, truth be told. So what happens? Right, so I, I slam my elbow on a, on a, on a hard surface, right? Uh, what, yeah. what happens to the bone? I mean, is it, is it the, what are we feeling? Well, is it so the that's tendons a, no, no, around great, the bone? Great, or? great question. The, the bone is covered with something called periosteum, which is the superficial covering of the bone, and it has tons of nerve endings, and okay. they don't like to be bumped. So, <laughs> so when you hit it, and there's certain bones, like your shin bone, when you hit that, it just lasts forever. Yeah. And your elbow, if you hit the point of your elbow, it lasts forever. So those are things that really hurt for a long time because you don't have a lot of soft tissue there, right? So that's that's a very, you know, as you mentioned, a pretty common cause and the, that area gets very irritated and inflamed. And I've had people who've had a sore elbow for, you know, a year or more after just bumping it. So well, I'm showing you right here. I'm, I'm standing next to Dr. Cole in our yeah. studio and I was catching my son, my 14-year-old son. He was pitching to me. Ball hit the ankle. And the ball hit the, I have the, uh, it's, you can see the, um, the laces on the league Baseball is that right? Oh yes. yeah, that's pretty, that's was, significant. And this, yeah. I mean, Doctor Cole, this has hurt for three yeah. weeks. Yeah, and he 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 felt so bad. I'm like, no, it's all right. You know, he, he must a, have a pretty decent. It was arm. one in the dirt, but uh, this thing just caught me. And I mean, this thing has been sore for a yeah. month. Yeah, is so, that a typical bone yeah, bruise? Or, yeah, like it's you not said, there's not be a fracture. It's probably yeah. a bruise. And, and I could walk, yeah. but just the pain. Yeah, and you could see the seams. You know, yeah. <laughs> the laces on the ball. And it was yeah. incredible. But well, I'll tell your right son on the ankle, if your son's right? listening this morning, I'll tell your dad's a little bit soft. But you know, you really <laughs> threw a hard ball. Okay, yeah. you really threw it hard. But just caught me yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah, no, like, it it's hurts. like a funny bone almost. Right. I mean, the funny bone. I mean, it, it hurts and then it, it goes away. But this thing for three, four weeks. Yeah. So if you if you really ice though, is that a treatment? Yeah, ice is great, and it can just be patient because it can take six to eight weeks to yeah, go away. Just because yeah. it's like a fracture, but non-displaced fracture. It's unbelievable. It really is. Once again, we're talking about our Ask the Doctor segment, Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole. I, I got a million of them. I don't know, between two kids and sports, and, you know, we always feel like we're injured, and yep. you always, I want to ask the doctor, you know, I'm going to call you and just... Uh... Steve, I'm just a phone call away. You know <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. I know, but it's, uh, it's for uh, our listeners as well. And again, if you go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, Underneath our picture on the homepage, you see our Ask the Doctor, where you can submit your questions on that link. Um, Dr. Cole, I had a, uh, another one for you. Rowan? All right. Our next question, Dr. Cole, in our Ask the Doctor segment comes from our producer here in studio with us, Shane Reardon. Shane? All right, doctor. So my left knee specifically doesn't hurt when I'm walking, doesn't hurt when I'm running, doesn't hurt when I'm working out, playing softball, whatever. It doesn't hurt. But if I'm laying on the couch, it just it, there's a little bit of un, un, discomfort there. So sometimes I have to crack it and it makes it feel better or sometimes the cracking doesn't help. But my main concern is that the knee hurts the most when it's inactive. 
uh, so that's a thing, right? You, this is really the challenging the doctor section, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm it. trying to stop you. <laughs> yeah. Challenge, not All us. All right. So that's so so. You know, it's a tough one. The only thing I can think of is, you know, so you're not swelling, you haven't had injury, uh, not sharp pain or act pain with activity. So the first thing is reassurance. I would give you that it doesn't smell of anything bad, and would it would not lead me to say, hey, you got to go get an MRI, and you sh- or and or you shouldn't be active. That being said, it's obviously a concern to you. You wouldn't be asking the question. So. Um, I, I would say that one of the things I sometimes hear is that, you know, the joint sort of gets a little bit out of position. The kneecap maybe is sort of just a little bit off center, and it creates this negative pressure in the joint. And there's a sense of satisfaction, or it feels better when you sort of move it, or it pops, okay? So there's this, I'm going to say it again to get him, because you got that. There's a sense of satisfaction or movement uh, with movement that, once it pops, it feels better. And really what this concept of sort of cracking or popping a joint to your knuckles is when there's, it's like a guitar belly. It's an open cavity. So you hear it or you feel it. And there's a rush of the fluid that normally is in the joint that fills the void and creates a popping or cracking sensation. Like when you pop your knuckles, it's from this negative pressure or vacuum effect. And I bet that's probably what it's related to. You may not always get the pop, but you got to sort of move it around to keep the lubrication going so that it feels better. That's my best explanation. So one, you need reassurance to know that you can ignore it. Uh, But two, if you want to know what it is, you're not causing any injury. And it's probably that negative pressure that's sort of cracking or popping your knuckle where you need that fluid to move around the joint, a little bit of lubrication, as we say. Okay, Okay, so there's no problem whatsoever. It's just that knee has more acid that needs to be released than the other one. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say acid, but it has fluid that needs to kind of move around to give you that lubrication so you feel better. So motion is lotion. That's what we say. Okay, Shane? Motion is lotion. Thank you. That's okay. You got it, man. We're going to share it. We're going to spare you an office visit, all right? Just remember that Well, next time. like we talked about last time with my softball injury, yep. I'm not saying I do have insurance. I'm not saying I don't. But you can use the show if you want to. But I come and, and get it checked anyway. I want to make because you... Because, again, I'm not saying I do. I'm not yeah. saying I don't. I want to make you happy to come to work every Saturday morning so I can help you with your medical problems, okay? And those are great questions. Dr. Cole, a uh, couple minutes here in this segment of Ask the Doctor. Um... What are you being asked to, at work or during your practice? What what's who's coming in these days? Oh, what are you uh, seeing? Let's see. So on Thursday was the day of doctor. I want stem cells so I don't have to have a joint replacement. That was my day. Probably had five people patients requesting come in. stem yeah, cell you know, it's, therapy. It's, yeah, it's it's uh, not. It's becoming more them? and more common. Well, the first thing I say is, look, I'm sure you've been on the internet. I'm sure you've heard some things about what they might or could be, and I bet your perception is that I have this ability to inject something in your joint to restore cartilage or make your rotator cuff tear heal so you can avoid surgery. And they're all shaking their heads and, you know, pretty much willing to do anything to get these magical mystical stem cells. So I've spent a lot of my time recently trying to debunk what people are reading on the internet about this and to help them understand that at least in orthopedic surgery, we don't really yet deal with anything that's truly regenerative or sort of recreating tissue again. But we can do one of two things. We can use it in the office to reduce inflammation and swelling and pain, and we can use it as an adjunct at the time of surgery to maybe promote healing. But they don't do what people think they're going to do, and I think there's just a lot of misperception and, and frankly, a lot of misrepresentation that's going on out there 
on the internet and uh, for advertisements and so forth. So I've said it before, it's a little bit of buyer beware and ask the hard questions if you're seeking these treatments. Yeah, they think it's kind of the miracle drug, don't they? I mean, I, I know that chiropractors are including it in their practices, and we've seen it in the newspaper, and it's being heavily endorsed by some of our uh, so-called sports heroes in Chicago. Right. These full-page ads of, you know, come in, but it's very expensive, isn't it, too? It's very expensive, and it doesn't have... Um, uh, it's still cons- considered by insurance and carriers to be investigational or experimental. And um, it doesn't mean it doesn't have a role. It just isn't, isn't likely doing what you know uh, patients expect or anticipate it to be doing. All righty. Good stuff. Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Again, if you've got a question for Dr. Cole, go to our homepage on our Sports Medicine Weekly website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Underneath our picture on the right-hand side of the homepage, it's our Ask the Doctor link. Submit your question. And up next here on Sports Medicine Weekly, we talk with Jabari Parker, the big free agent signing for the Chicago Bulls, returning from two ACL tears on the same knee. Stay with us at Sports Medicine Weekly. On 670, the score.